0: In the left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady.
1: Pitch.
0: Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field, struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady.
2: All right, we are now joined by two very special guests. It is Ricky Hill and Jeff Celentano, the inspiration and the director of the new movie, The Hill, in theater starting today, August 25th. We cannot thank you enough
0: for being here. Uh, We're really looking forward to this. How are you both doing today? We're doing great. Um, I just got out to California. Um, We're uh, watching the opening night with a lot of friends in a full house because I want to slip in silently and not have anybody know I'm there to hear the reactions. (laughs) But I love it. Yeah. We just had a premiere in Augusta. We had 1,100 people there. And wow. of course they're going to be very positive. It's a premiere and, you know, the city of Augusta invited the mayor to open the, the movie and everything. But they were they were very vocal and excited. Oh, it
3: rocked the house. <laughs> just tell but, them the truth, Jeff. It rocked the house.
0: It did. It did. It was mind-bending. But, um, but tonight I'm going to go see it with an audience who doesn't have any prompts or anything and we'll see the reaction. You know, I've seen it with so many different audiences, guys. I've seen it with um, uh, quiet, very still on the edge of their seat people who don't even hardly laugh. I I get very depressed and then I go up on stage to talk and I said, you like the movie? And they go, oh my God, it was amazing. I I was crying, but I was trying to keep it really quiet because I was trying to be respectful of everyone else. (laughs) And, And the whole theater echoed that. And I realized that that's one audience, and then you have the next audience who's cheering and crying and laughing and screaming. <laughs> You're just like, what? So it's been interesting. I can say that for sure. You know, somebody, you know, I'm, I'm looking at all these crazy critics uh, out there today, and I always knew that this was not a movie for them, um, the, you know, the ones that are very critical. And um, I looked at a review today. It was so good. The guy said, this movie doesn't try to be anything other than it is, which is exactly what I set out to do. They said, this movie doesn't try to be anything other than it is in the sense that it's, uh, it's a wholesome, family, feel good, inspirational story that'll make everyone happy when they go see it and walk out of the theater thinking different about life. And if you look at the world today, it's funny. You know, they really, you know, just, just the, um, the fact that Barbie's made so much money tells you that it's just like you know the world today it's about greed and people just want to make money i just want to make a beautiful film that would touch people and it's doing that and despite everything that you know the critics are trying to say there's some great ones too by the way i mean hollywood reporter gave us a pretty good review but um despite what everybody says you know we've got a hundred percent positive i mean 100 percent audience response like on on like rotten tomatoes and stuff and I'm sure after opening week, it's going to be even more because the world needs this today. Everybody tells me, oh, my, I can't believe you made this movie today. It's such a perfect time to release it. Um, you know, my, what I set out to do, and I kept saying this all the time, is I don't want to make an edgy movie about Ricky and his pain he went through and suffering. That's what some of the reviews say, that it was lighthearted. It should have been more of a struggle for Ricky in the movie. Ricky struggled. You can see it in the movie. But I didn't want audiences to go there and be depressed and sad. And, and uh, I wanted them to see his journey in a different light. Um, one that Ricky, who Ricky really is. Ricky is a guy who's full of perseverance. He's always up. He's always positive. Always. Which is how he got to where he is. So I set out to make a movie like the old Disney films. I kept saying that on set. This is a Disney film back in the old days. Like when the, when the castle was there and Tinkerbell would go through the air. That's the movie I'm making. Sea Biscuit. Rudy, feel the dreams. You know, I'm not making a film about a guy's horrible struggle and his pain and his suffering. That's what they want when you read the reviews. <laughs> so anyway, that's my opening. I, there, there's such a need for that. There's such a need for
2: family friendly, uplifting, positive. Like I, that, I'm so glad that that this film that you guys made ended up being that because that you're absolutely right, Jeff. Um, Ricky, I, I wanted to start with you though because I want to give a little background for our listeners out there. Uh, we were just talking about it. your story's inspirational you overcoming so much adversity um, could you kind of describe like the physical limitations like you had grown up and like how did it kind of affect normal day-to-day life
3: um, you know honestly it affected affecting my normal day life it didn't affect me I just got used to it and um, and I had um, I had my father that was really there for me that the movie doesn't always show that, but my father was always there for me, uh, from even building my braces that I wore to, uh, praying with me every night, making sure that his young son is okay. And so it made things a lot easier. May I say that? It just made things great. Jeff, Jeff knows the struggles that I went through. I went through harder, harder struggles than this movie even portrays. It's things I didn't even really want to talk about, but I'm, I'm liking right, right now. You said a while ago about the struggles of everyday life. You know, we all got struggles, right? Amen. We all have struggles and uh, we all get, have broken bats. We all break a bat. And so, my life, uh, my life had a full of a lot of broken bats. And I'm glad this show is named that because at one time I told everybody my life was a broken bat. It's amazing that the, this name of this show is that. But saying that, um, very, very thankful, very blessed for even what I had. I'm humble. I'm thankful. No matter what God put, gave me whatever it is i was going with it and i was going to make the very best of what i had
0: yeah, ricky said uh-huh. he realized uh, about a week ago why everything was taken away from him and he went through this you know he's got he's got a rod in his back 19 inches long or something like that 16 inches long he's 14, got 14 14 14 six cages nine screws and he, he was wondering why this happened to him and um he uh, finally realized it was to tell the story and inspire other people who are going through a similar thing in their life. That's why he was put on this earth, not to play baseball, but was to, to actually get signed by the majors or, you know, by the professional baseball teams and go through what he went through. Um, I got to tell you something, Justin, It happened to me this morning because a lot of things are coming out. It's opening night tonight and uh, it's really exciting times. But Ricky and I interviewed the other day with a guy named Don Wardlow. He's a journalist, but he's blind. And he wrote an email this morning to everybody and he said, after I met Ricky and Jeff, I'm going to say something that I I've, I've probably you're never going to hear a blind man say, I'm going to go see this movie and I can't wait. And it just brought tears to my eyes because it really touched him in a way um, from the. From oh, up, up, up. Yeah, so he's going to go see it, Rick. Ricky, there's no crying in baseball. Come on. There's
3: not this isn't baseball.
0: I know. I know. It's a you glove. Know. This is love. Okay. That's
2: That's incredible. Um Ricky, during during the the lowest times, where, where did you draw strength from?
3: I drew my strength stru- you asked me what it is? Straight from Jesus Christ. That's where I drew my strength. And um I'm not ashamed of it. A lot of people are today. They won't talk about it, but I'm not afraid to talk about it. And that's exactly who I drew it from. It, uh, uh, I mean, God already told me I was good. I mean, I've broken every record in every little league ballpark. There is. There's not a record that I didn't break as a kid growing up. Later on, after I got my braces off. Wasn't a record I broke, so I didn't have to worry about that. Problem I had was worrying on things later on in life. Why, you know, why God would take my career early? Why, when I'm when I'm a ball player that is, I'm just as significant as any of the top ball players in the MLB. And uh, but my faith and my journey that I that I went through faith. There was my answer. That's how I lived through it. Love that.
2: Um, Kate's having technical issues. We'll, we'll keep rolling.
3: Um,
2: Jeff, I, I was reading about how you, you first heard of, of Ricky's story. And I'm sure you hear movie ideas for movies, movie pitches all the time. But what was it about Ricky's life in particular that drew you to wanting to bring it to the big screen?
0: Well, I mean, you'll see it in the film. I mean, it's about this little boy who wore leg braces and had crippled legs but he was so poor that he was uh, kind of forced to go out and do something to keep his interest. So he started playing uh, kind of fake baseball with rocks and a stick. And he got so good at it, he hit so many a day because he was so bored and it was free that um, he went on to want to play ball. And then after he, his father blocked him from that because he cared about him and was trying to just protect him from getting hurt in a wheelchair or whatever, and all the bullying he went through, he just pushed through it with a smile on his face. This is what I read in the first draft. And then right when he's about to have scouts look at him, he breaks his ankle on, a sprink- ankle on a sprinkler head. And the next thing you know, he's in the hospital and they're doing a full body exam on him. They find out that he has degenerative spinal disease. He cuts his cast off and he climbs a wall, which is not in the movie. We did it a little different. He climbs a wall and goes up to the biggest scout in the business who discovered Nolan Ryan, Red Murph, and says, you got to give me a chance. I show you I can hit, but you won't let me even try out because I can't run because I got a bad leg. And somehow some way through his tears and perseverance, Red Murph saw something in this kid. And he said to Ricky, first thing he said to him was, "Do you know where you're standing, son?" He said, "I know I'm not supposed to be here." He said, "No, you're standing on the hill." Cuz Ricky was approached him on the mound, on the pitcher's mound, on the rubber. Right. So that story in itself right there, just got it just took over everything in my soul and body. And I just had to make this movie. I also was a kid who I didn't want to, um, I had to fight for everything in, in my life as a kid. I didn't have anyone in my family or, or friends um, guiding me or helping me. Um, my, my family guided me, but they didn't have a way to get me to do what I wanted to do. I had to do it on my own. So I always tried every job in the world. I didn't like working for companies or bosses. <clears throat> So I would do every, every scheme you can imagine to make money. I, I sold railroad ties off trains in downtown L.A. to hardware stores with my buddy with a truck. I fished for tuna, and I would have buckets of tuna in my kitchen with my girlfriend back in the day who would say, could you please stop fishing and do something with your life? So I mean, a lot of odd jobs and things to try to make money and schemes. And uh, my first feature film, Under the Hula Moon, was kind of based on my life. Uh, It's a comedy, but it was kind of based on the struggles I went through. We
2: interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the Original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The Original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store, guaranteeing a delicious product. So stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at s.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode.
0: Ricky's story just touched me in a way I can't explain it, really. It just, I don't know what happened to me. I read that script and I cried my eyes out that night and I said, I have to make this movie. And for some reason, I never gave up. I wish I could explain it in a better way. It just got inside my heart, I guess. I love that. Kate?
1: Yeah. When you first read about the story, also, I apologize earlier that my computer went out for a second. I was also very interested and then, and then it
3: crashed. And I'm like, no, I want to hear what they're saying.
0: Okay. Don't feel bad. It's the devil trying to win. We deal with I'm it. I'm done. It's
3: Satan. Trust me. I, you, I believe, you, know, you. You, know I the believe hur- you.
0: Yeah, you know the hurdles that uh, runners go over when they're running the hurdles? We have them every day. and Guess what we do? We just jump right over them.
1: Just got, just got to keep. Plugging <laughs> I don't. Along. I
0: just go right uh, around. We're not worried. It's all, part of, it's all part of it. If this story, look, it took me 17 years to have somebody put money up for this movie. You know why? Because nobody wants to, nobody believes in these films, um, except the human beings out there that have some sort of morality and some sort of wholesomeness to themselves. You know, look at the world. I mean, my gosh, it's, you know, you mean, there's a lot of people who won't get this movie, but, the, but 99% of the people will that I'm finding. Like I said, I mean, the audience rating on, on, um, on Rotten Tomatoes is 100%. I don't think I've even seen 100%. I mean, yeah. you know, they tried to get rid of Jesus' revolution. They tried to get rid of Sound of Freedom, yeah. uh, and it didn't work. They try, you know. This is not – look, I also want to add something. Um, this has a lot of faith in it because it was Ricky's life, but it is not a faith film. I did not make a faith movie. I made a movie for families to go to. And I have people that are writing stuff like, I'm an atheist, I don't even go to church, and I love this movie. I had other people say, I hate sports movies. This is not a sports movie, but it has sports in it. It has two games in it, the whole movie, or or three total, and they're very short. It's about a family and the struggle they went through and how they all got back together due to this little boy's will and spirit. That's what the movie is. That's the movie I made.
1: Yeah. And trying to figure out how to approach this film and how to make it, you know, about faith and family and what Ricky attested to, like God being like the center of his life. What were some of the challenges that you faced when trying to, you know, write the script and and direct the film?
0: You name it. I went through it. I mean, no, 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 no is all I heard all the time. And then I heard yes, yes. And the yes people would give me money to make the movie. And they would, they would do all these contracts that took, you know, tons of money for lawyers and we'd get to pre-production and then the money would fall apart because they didn't have it or they didn't have. It. And then, then it was in Oklahoma, um, in offices, uh, the last piece of furniture is coming through the door and I get a phone call. We took the money and we bought a piece of property out in, in, uh, Kentucky cause we needed it for a coal mine. I mean, stuff like that happened. And, um, I just kept smiling and going, I'm not stopping, you know? And then I thought we're going to lose Dennis Quaid six years ago. And then Dennis phoned me out of the blue and said, Jeff, I heard what happened about the financing this is the most beautiful story. I am on it for life. If you get the money, anytime you get it, just call my agent. I'm on, but you'll have to find my schedule first and fit fit it in my schedule. And I said, unbelievable. And so I used that text of Dennis that he said that to me to get people interested in financing because they didn't believe I had Dennis, you know? So I went through all that and people trying to steal the film from me, you know, other companies would come in and offer Ricky and Mike, a lot of money and say we want to do it at this studio we want this director we want to get rid of jeff and they were like this guy's never given up on this movie and he's got the heart and soul plus he teaches children acting so he's the perfect director for this movie yeah. and by yeah. the way as i said before i did not purposely set out to make a movie that is a big dramatic tale this is a, got a lot of drama in it a lot of uh, a lot of conflict and challenges but you never feel bad when you watch it. I mean, there's moments where you feel sad for a minute for Ricky's situation. But I did it in a way that's very, you know, I don't like milquetoast movies like Hallmark films, so I didn't want to make that. But I wanted to make a movie like Seabiscuit. When you watch Seabiscuit, yeah, you feel terrible for that horse. But at the same time, you're rooting for it the whole time. And when it wins, you're so elated that you you walk out of the theater so high, you feel like you could do anything. And that's the movie I set out to make.
1: That's awesome. And I'm sure, Ricky, you can attest to this, especially having so much sympathy from other people when you're younger. Did you want more of a film where it's like, you know, showing your success in the end? You didn't really want people so much as feeling bad for you throughout the entire film.
3: Honestly, yes, you're right, Uh, because, you know, um, people don't even know how far the degree was of what I went through because we really didn't tell them how far the degree was. To the point where my father even made my own, he made my own uh, braces because we were so poor. And I just told Jeff this, I kept this from Jeff for a long time. But even my father even made my own braces. But he's one that he caught, it. Jeff caught on to it so well that he understood, he and I were like, we were born, we were ordained years ago to meet and do this film
0: true we
3: were it, ordained
0: it you know was meant to be you know that and i and I want to say this again to make sure i'm very clear about it um there's a lot of pain and struggle in this movie but it's not to the point where you can't watch it like i'll give you a good example sound of freedom is a perfect example I have friends that are in Florida that are 80 years old They went to that movie. I said to them, why would you go see that movie? I already saw it, so I knew it was okay. But for them, I was curious why they would want to go see that subject matter. Because a lot of people were like, I don't want to see that because I don't want to look at it. It's so sad. Well, they did a great job. They told this story about what's happening in the world today, but they never showed anything. Like right when it was at the point where they just um, kind of uh, suggested it, they cut and that's kind of what i did in my film. i mean, i wanted people to see the pain and suffering ricky went through on a way that they could identify with it and make them want to go on and have a perseverance uh, have perseverance and and have their dream fulfilled. you know, it's a movie about a kid who had a dream and in the end that dream came true. you know, no matter what you go through, you can do anything. there are no rules. just, you know, believe in yourself and do what you really want to do. don't listen to anybody else. i didn't People told me to get rid of this movie years ago. Jeff, you're insane. Like Ten years later, they were like, give up. Move on. It's not going to get made. It's ten years. I said, guys, sometimes in life, it's 15 years go by, and you look back, and you don't even know where it went. It just happened. I'm not giving up on this film.
3: <laughs> hey, this, this this bat wasn't going to break. <laughs> no. Like no this bat wasn't going to break. He and, I right. weren't, he and I weren't going to break. We were We were like probably the two best teammates, you know, he he was up to bat, and I was in the on-deck circle, if you want to describe it the right way, and I'm just waiting on him to get on base where I can knock him in.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And, Ricky, for you, what was your, you know, minor league experience like? And Justin looked at some of these numbers. You were a 298 career hitter. How were you able to manage your injury while playing?
3: I lived through the pain. Um, I never slept in a bed for five, five and a half years that I played ball. It wasn't four. It was five and a half. I played in Venezuela, Mexican League. I'm talking about the big league, the big pitchers, the big. I faced the best. And they ain't no better than the guy that's throwing double A. It's all the same. Once you're a professional, you're a professional. It's just like him creating a movie. Once you reach that talent, you've got that talent and you've locked that talent in. And he had that talent. The same with me. I was born with that talent. I knew what God gave me. And my mother and my father always told me this. They said, son, if you don't get if you don't do what God tells you to do, he will take it away from you. I go, well, I guess that means that I'm to play baseball. There ain't no preaching. I ain't preaching. I'm going to play baseball. I said, because I can't preach with a flip. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. I said, oh, no, I can't. But anyway, but that's just a funny little subject. But that's something I just throw into Jeff because Jeff hears more stories about me every day. <laughs> well,
0: listen, I you more. Than- more than he knows himself, I'm gonna tell you something funny. You asked the best question just now about his pain. I'm not even making this up. I was lying in bed this morning and for some reason I was thinking about Ricky and what he went through pain-wise and how he hid it from everybody. And I hear us talking about this on on, um, all these interviews we're doing. And I wonder if people really believe that a guy with degenerative spinal disease, a broken ankle and all kinds of physical problems Played major league base or played professional baseball and never, ever nobody nobody saw it. He hid his disease from people. And how would you do that? How could you do that? I mean, I have a I have some back pain. I don't think I could hide it constantly. You know, during a game, right? Well, I realized why Ricky did that, or how Ricky did this. He's like he's like uh, the six million dollar man. This guy, you can't kill Ricky. He is he is unbelievably strong inside. I don't know. I know where it comes from, but he is unusual. He's gone through six car wrecks. Three days before our, our set where he, we shot the movie, the first day of principal photography, Ricky showed up on set all cut up and bandaged because he had gone through a windshield in a car wreck three days before. But he was standing there smiling. He told me, I think I still have a concussion, but I went through my windshield because I drove off an exit ramp. They didn't it construction zone, and I went into a, six, a 20-foot ditch. Through the windshield. So, and he got up and came to Augusta, Georgia, because he didn't want to miss a day of the opening of the movie. So this is, if you ever doubt that this guy played baseball and did not have that degenerative spinal disease and hid that pain, that's the story. I mean, nobody knew it. And then one day they saw him in pain. This is how it all happened. And they cut him. They, they brought him upstairs. They gave him an exam. And they said, you have a big problem, pal. And you're off. The, you're off. The, you're not playing baseball anymore. Um, so he he managed to hide it. And I thought about this morning: how in the heck did this guy hide that? Because I can't even hide my my pain if I'm trying to. You know, I'm a surfer, and one time I had a really bad accident out in the water, and I hurt my leg. was I thought it was broken in three places, and I was so embarrassed. I got out of the water, and I had my surfboard next to my leg, and I walked really casually across the beach. I couldn't even bend my leg, and I wouldn't let anybody see it. And I sat down and I said, now there's no way I'm going to be able to get to my car without everybody asking me what happened. And of course I ended up, you know, I was pretty bad off, but Ricky's an unusual guy. That's my point.
1: And Ricky, how did you handle that when they called you up and said that to you that you're, you wouldn't be able to play baseball anymore?
3: Well, they told me that was just one team. That's Montreal. Right. Uh, And so I called my scout, uh, my super scout. I told him they're letting me go because I've got to tell you something that I haven't told you. I didn't lie to you. I just didn't tell you. I said, I have no disc in my spine and he couldn't believe it, but he said, I still have faith in you. If you are this far and you're this determined, so he immediately signed me. He, he bought my contract out himself. And then he wound up being managing the Toronto Blue Jays. So he sent me over to other f- various leagues to continue playing. And, uh, and I had a really, really, really big year in 1978. Uh, I played in three different leagues. And I had 488 at-bats. And I hit 51 home runs. And the way I looked at it is the fact that, um, um, you know, if you hit them out of the park, what does it matter? <laughs> so what does it matter? So anyway, it was uh, it was uh, it was something that God gave me the gift of power of hitting the baseball, and it all started from hitting one little old rock, just one little old rock. It was ordained.
0: The first baseball that came out, of we thought it was a beach ball.
3: Yeah, pretty much, because I could hit—I could hit a fly moving around. You know, I could just a fly, just a little, just a gnat. So, <laughs> but it just—it it honestly, it became when I when I called my super scout. In fact, he wanted, to, like I said, managing the Yankees, and he said, "Ricky, why don't you tell me?" And I said, because I knew you wouldn't sign me. Y'all wouldn't sign me. And he goes, and you did all this with hardly any disc in your spine. And I said, yeah. And I'm going to continue doing it. I said, where are you sending me next? So I, I went and played in different parts of the world and faced when they talk about the major leagues, I faced more as many major league pitchers as I faced minor league pitchers. They're all the same. Either you're good or you're not. It's real simple. You know, you 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 really are. Either you have it or you don't.
0: Justin, I feel like we we um we elected you up there. I feel like you you have some questions.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, it's been great listening. I I was thinking back because. When you're telling the story of somebody's life, there's so many things that, are, that have, you know, taken place that have occurred. Like, how did you choose which parts would go into the film? Uh, and then a question for Ricky would be, how, how do you think it turned out in the end when you saw the finished product?
0: Well, I had to. Um, there was a lot of stuff Ricky wanted to put in. There's so many stories, little things that happened along the way. And Ricky didn't understand it first. I said, Rick, you have to understand we can't put it. It can't be a four hour movie. And he said, I know, I understand. But then he would call me like a couple months later and go, I just remember this one thing. You got to put this in the movie. It has to be in the film. I said, well, we're already, uh, you know, at this, this many minutes, you know. <laughs> so he finally understood as time went on. He, under- he st- I started educating him on the process of filmmaking. And he he got it. He started to understand. And he he allowed me to make the movie I wanted to make. And that's how, that's how it happened.
2: I like that. And, and Ricky, when you saw the finished product, what did you think?
3: I just, you know what I, I tell you exactly what I thought. I knew this movie, it wasn't made by Jeff Celentano. No. It wasn't made by some assistant director. No. It was not. It was it was made by the power of everything combined. And you know what I'm talking about? It was made by God's power. And He was the vessel that God used and he put it together better than anyone possibly could put it together. And guess what? Once again, I can say I was right. I picked it.
0: Well, listen, (laughs) to to wrap this up, guys, I want to tell you that um, Ricky's not the kind of guy who would say to me at the end of the movie, I love this movie. (laughs) He's not the kind of guy. (laughs) You would tell um, the truth. And, when I saw when I showed him the movie the first time and he cried, I just knew that I was on the right track. You know, I love that.
2: My my last question is: uh, it's for both of you guys. What do you hope that people will get out of watching this movie?
0: I hope that they feel better about themselves and feel like they could do anything. I've had a lot of people tell me that. I had no idea the impact this movie was going to have on people. I just thought it would be a beautiful film people could go see. I'm a filmmaker. I make movies. That's how I survive and and continue my life and i wanted to make a beautiful film that i thought would inspire people i had no idea that it would touch people in the way it's happening right now and uh i guess that's really why i made it in the end was to i i my dream was to hopefully touch people in a way that would change their lives and it's happening i didn't think a movie could do that really i haven't seen those movies in a long time but when people come up to me after screenings and they're crying and they say my son now wants to play baseball. He's autistic. He had no direction in life. And, and they, they they Can I have a hug? They say. I mean, you know how many people I've hugged? I mean, in the photo line in, in Houston, I'm, well, I think we hugged probably Ricky and I together, 100 people. It was crazy. Um, but no, nobody can discount that when that happens. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just a humble guy. I try to like, have no ego about this. I just want the movie to succeed. And this weekend, hopefully everybody will go pack the houses so that it can continue to go on. That's all. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Well,
0: guys, thank you so much.
3: Well, I got thank to throw a plug here real fast. You ready? In this yeah, film? Plug away. There are no. There are no broken bats. <laughs> I, love, I it. love it. I love it. Just broken Pull ba- that plug in.
0: Broken bats. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank yep. you
1: guys so much. <laughs>
2: Thank you, guys, for your time. Yes, the movie's called The Hill. It is in theaters everywhere August 25th. Please, everybody, go see it. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Jeff, for your time, and enjoy the rest of your day. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music.
0: Playing on your radio, coming through your stereo